Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Apologies. Sorry, I thought I was being heard clearly. Apparently, I was not. Hallelujah. Okay, please, um, if you have um, friends and loved ones that should be a part of this meeting, members of your discipleship group, please make sure that they're coming in. Um, in invite should be sent out and basically the whole nine yards. Hallelujah. I want to appreciate everyone for joining us. Apologies again. I thought I was being heard earlier on. I already started praying. Um, did not realize that I was muted. Hallelujah. Thank you, G. Am I still being heard? Please give me feedback if I am not being heard, by the way. Um, people online. Have we started no sound? I don't know who that is. That is Robert something. We can hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, great. Thank you. Glad you can hear me now. Loud and clear. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Um, go back to the banner. Hallelujah. Okay, this frame is just... Hallelujah. Again, apologies. So sorry, everyone. Hallelujah. Okay. So let's start with the right heart posture. Um, last week, we were taught about obtaining the prize. Hallelujah. That was a major emphasis. I want us to pray into that. Hallelujah. There is, um, the Bible says, looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. There is this gaze we're meant to have, and it's, it's looking at the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we just um, start even right now? As we pray in the Holy Spirit by setting our hearts, um, David said, I set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. So even right now, we set the Lord before us. Lord Jesus, we set you before us, Lord Jesus. We place you before us, Lord Jesus. We place you, we put you in front, Lord Jesus. We give you that place of control and authority, your voice. You are steering us, you are leading us, you are guiding us, Lord Jesus. You are the one championing the way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
We're looking at you, Jesus. We look at you, Lord Jesus, the risen one. We look at you, the one that was crucified. He said, I'm he that was dead, but behold, I am alive forevermore. I am he that was dead. Let's read that real quick. Revelations chapter 1. I am he that was dead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is Revelations chapter 1 from verse 17. I believe it was Sadhu that had his experience where he shared about how whenever he sees Jesus without, um, he was talking about encounters with the Lord. So whenever he sees Jesus without um, nail prints, without those scars, even though he has a resurrected body, he has made a decision to choose to have the imprints, hallelujah, on his hands and feet and his side, hallelujah, that mark that I am he that was dead. This is Revelation chapter 1. We're reading from verse 17. And I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Hallelujah. I am he that lives and was dead. Hallelujah. I am he that lives and was dead. Hallelujah. I am he that lives and was dead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the one that died for you, basically is what he's saying. I want to see if that's different in the King James. Yes. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. This is how Jesus has chosen to introduce himself to us at the end of the ages. Even right now, we're in that season of the book of Revelation. Even right now, we're in that time, hallelujah, of the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're in that day, hallelujah. He introduces himself as I am he that was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. So we look at our Lord Jesus. We look at his sacrifice. We look at the power of resurrection, hallelujah. And we look at, 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 at that, that, that form that he has right now, that likeness of God that he has taken upon, hallelujah, as a consequence of this resurrection. We see our Lord Jesus' death. We see how, how potent that sacrifice was, hallelujah. And we also look at the power of resurrection that took him from that place where he was not a man, where he became a worm, where he became sin, where he became an abomination. We look at the power that took him from that place of being an abomination, of becoming sin, hallelujah. That, that power that took the Lord Jesus, whose spirit was mortified, whose spirit was dead, whose soul was poured as an offering for sin, whose physical body was masticated and deformed beyond recognition. We look at that power that took him from that place, hallelujah, and raised him up, hallelujah, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You were crucified for me. You were killed for me. 
you made that decision you were not caught by surprise you were not caught unawares but lord jesus you chose to be wounded hallelujah you chose to be bruised you chose to be chastised for my sake hallelujah i listened to a man of god talk and he was saying that the cross of jesus it means so many things until you look at him and he tells you i did this for you it's one thing when you see jesus as the champion of humanity but as a personal savior hallelujah this is what is riveting where he tells you i did this for you now because the power of that sacrifice is so much it pours out into all of humanity amen we can sometimes forget the fact that he didn't just do this for all of humanity he wasn't just a corporate savior he wasn't just the savior of all of humanity he was my savior. Give me Galatians 2. Galatians chapter 2 is one of the most romantic scriptures to me in the Bible. I remember when I was in Bible school and I first heard these words. They meant so much. Galatians 2 from verse 20. Hallelujah. From verse 20. And the Lord, you know, ministered this to me in a, a romantic way. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is not I that is alive. Sorry. I have been crucified with Christ. Yes. Nevertheless, I live but it is not me that is living, hallelujah, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Look at this, this is the, this is the breaking point. Who loved me and gave himself for me. I remember during times of waiting on the Lord, what would strike me was Paul was saying that the life that I am now living is the life of the one that loves me. What Paul was saying was that someone loved me and gave me a new life. I am living the life of the one that loves me. Puts a whole different spin on the crucified life, right? I am living the life of the one that loved me. Hallelujah. So yes, is there pain? Yes, there is pain. Is there sometimes setbacks? Sometimes setbacks. Sometimes it's disappointments. Hallelujah. But overall, the life that I am living, that crucified life is the life of the one that loved me and gave me his life. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this life that you have given us. You made preparation. You did the prep work, Lord Jesus, in making sure, Lord Jesus, that when this life is presented to me, there was provision. Beloved, we're not, we're not walking into a life, hallelujah, that was half, half done, half cooked, half ready. No, Jesus put in all the work, hallelujah. Not only did he make, he make sure that he paid the price, hallelujah, the penalty for all of our sins, hallelujah, and he, and he was raised from the dead, but even upon resurrection, he, he set up institutions, he set up systems, hallelujah. Bible says that when he was when he was set up on high, as he was raised up, he gave gifts unto men. Hallelujah. He that descended is the one that ascended. And when he was ascended up on high, he gave gifts unto men. Hallelujah. And at that point of giving gifts unto men, there were releases of, of graces. Hallelujah. Pastoral gifts, prophetic gifts, apostolic gifts. Beloved, you are a member of the body of Christ. And, 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 and that provision was so that everything that Jesus Christ did, you can come into hallelujah but but what's so cool is that he didn't even stop there our our lord and savior he 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 took this thing personally hallelujah the bible explains in revelations chapter 4 and chapter 5 there's this beautiful narrative of 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 the congregations the 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 there's this assembly in heaven this sanhedrin in heaven of different governing forces 
um, um, entities that rule over different regions and provinces and realms and dimensions in heaven. And they're all gathered before God. Hallelujah. And what happens is that there's these entities that they, they read out God's plans. They read out what God wants to do. The cherubim. They're like the, the, the BBC, the CNN. They announce what God wants to do. And as they declare God's redemptive plan, as they declare God's redemptive plan, as they, as they declare the intentions and the hearts of God to all the angels in heaven, the Bible declares that all the angels, one by one, they begin to bow down and they submit themselves to the plans of God. Beloved, you're, I just want you to picture right now in, in your mind's eye, angels even right now, elders even right now, living creatures even right now, taking the knee and saying that we submit ourselves to God's redemptive plan for Francis is seaborn. God's redemptive plan for you. This is not just a corporate plan. Hallelujah. The Bible says they are ministers for those who are heirs of salvation. That's me. That's you, beloved. There are angels of God even right now. Hallelujah. That have pledged themselves. They have committed themselves. That have sworn allegiance to God's redemptive plan for me. Hallelujah. So even right now in the name of Jesus. We allow ourselves to be stirred even right now. Hallelujah. Even by this reality. This is not, this, Jesus wasn't, he didn't do a half work. He did, yes, fullness. Jesus did the full work, the finished works of Christ. The table has been set before us. So as we look to Jesus, we are seeing the finished work. We are seeing completion. We are seeing execution. We are seeing totality. Hallelujah. We look to you, Lord Jesus. We look to Jesus. Yes, we are living the life of the one that loved us. Hallelujah. And oh, so many agencies he has created to make sure that we don't have to go through this alone. Oh, he released ministering spirits, spiritual entities to be with us. Hallelujah, to hold us by the hand. And, and for those that are having difficulty connecting with these entities, our Lord Jesus Christ has released uh, um, the fivefold ministry as well. Hallelujah. Can we, can we express gratitude to Jesus as we look to him? Hallelujah. We look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Give me Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. We look to you, Lord Jesus. We look to you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, from verse 1. Seeing that we are compassed by so great a cloud of witnesses. There's another set of, of entities, right? Not only are we um, surrounded by angels of God, according to Hebrews 11, we've come to Zion, amen. But we're also surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. The Bible said, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Amen. Let us embrace the life of holiness. Hallelujah. That was in Romans 12, uh, uh, um, the, uh, our reasonable service. Amen. Of, of, of presenting our bodies as living sacrifices. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And because he looked through at that joy set before him, hallelujah, he is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's a beautiful picture the Lord showed me a few years ago. And it was that when Jesus Christ was looking, he didn't show it to me by revelation per se, but I was singing a worship song that had these lyrics. And it goes like this. This was the joy that was before you that you would have my heart forever. Amen. And it's funny because he looked 
at the joy set before him. Hallelujah. And it was me that he saw. And for us, the joy that is set before us is Jesus. Amen. We get to look at Jesus. We get to look at him. And it's this beautiful, symbiotic, romantic relationship that we have with our Lord where he's looking at us and he's being strengthened. And if you watch Passion of the Christ, as at the whipping post, he's, 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 he's been beaten, he's exhausted, he's drained, he's been awake all night long during the trial, he's been punched and beaten, spat at, everything, and he's now at the whipping post and they're flocking him with canes and he's out of breath, no water, no food, nothing, he's exhausted. Then he sees John, Mary Magdalene, and Mary running, and as soon as he sees them, he's reminded, oh, you are the ones I am going through all of this for. And as soon as he looks at them, it's like energy just comes into him and he stands up. Hallelujah. We are encouraged to do the same right now. We're encouraged to look at the Lord who gave us his life, who gave himself for us. Hallelujah. And as we look to him, hallelujah, he that endured the cross, that despised the shame, we look, to, look at him from the cross, hallelujah, through the grave and onto the throne. Hallelujah. We look to you, Lord Jesus. We look to you, Lord Jesus. We are going for gold, like Mama would say. We are going for gold. Can you put that scripture back up again? Hallelujah. As we transition. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going for gold. Hallelujah. We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Can we pray in the Holy Spirit? We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, Jesus. We keep our eyes focused on you, Lord. Teach us how to do it. Teach us how to keep our eyes on you. Teach us how to stay focused, Holy Spirit. Ne kaburiende kesele kepotayenda kasayina babashandelegebo. Teach us focus. Teach us how to stay focused. Shakanegeboro sokotana raya lagababashita. Ne ketukoporiende keposukataya lagabashita laba. Teach us how not to be distracted. Teach us how not to be distracted, O oh Lord. Individually, Father. We ask you to visit each person, oh God. Train us to be a people whose eyes are fixed on you, Lord Jesus. Whose hearts are focused on you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> whose desires are your presence, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Shebariya nagabariya shokola gabariya nagabariya shata. Shebariya nagabariya lagabariya shakariya lagabariya shata. Shebariya nagabariya lagabariya lagabariya shata. You know there are things in the natural that are legitimate. There are things that want for you know cry for our attention, and it is legitimate for us to give attention to those things hallelujah but sometimes god wants us to look away and just keep our eyes on him just keep our eyes on jesus hallelujah 
you know, it's, it's wrong for me to <clears throat> evaluate those things for you. <clears throat> for anyone to evaluate them for you, the Lord will leave you to judge those things yourself. Because what might be important to you might not be important to me. What might be my priority might not be your priority. Praise God. So it's a close walk with the Holy Spirit. A heart that has become sensitive to his voice, sensitive to his need, that will know what, <clears throat> that will know what he's saying. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I just want us to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. To help us and show us what is needed and what is not needed at this time. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like us to pray before we, we go into the word. I'd like us to pray Isaiah. Pray from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 45. And I, it's just one prayer I want us to pray there. He said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Hallelujah. The Lord said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. Hallelujah. I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. So I want you to pray and ask the Lord. Tell him, you said you'll go before me to make the crooked places straight. Now there are, I've said this a thousand times, there are things that is only the Lord that can help you get out of. There are things that only the Lord, if the Lord doesn't help you, you can't overcome them. If the Lord doesn't come by himself, you cannot, you can make up your mind a million times. But the Lord will come in when we surrender to him to straighten those parts for us, straighten our hearts. Sometimes the wounds in the hearts are so much, they are so deep that you can't even try. You can't even try. You are helpless. You can't even try. But the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, the Holy Spirit is the healer. The Holy Spirit can with continuous, continuous visitation over that heart. He will keep pouring oil on it. He will keep pouring oil on it. He will keep pouring himself on it. Until one day the heart will receive strength. Hallelujah. I want you to talk to the Lord this morning. He said, make every crooked place straight. The weaknesses of the heart. Hallelujah. Make it straight, Lord. Every crooked place in my life. Straighten it, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Help me. Help me. If you have to be perfect, then you must go through this. 
Praise God. It's not about giving you laws. No, 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 no. It's not about threatening you. You can't threaten a believer. It's not about threatening you. No, it's not about threats. It's about causing you to see that God has given you a helper. It's for you to see that there is one that is willing, that has come along with you to journey on this path with you. And he's there to help. And it's okay to cry before him. It's okay to say, Lord, I'm helpless. If you don't help me, I'm finished. I've come to the end of the road for myself. I've come to the end of what I can do for myself. Now I trust you. Now I'm depending on you to get me out of this personality, of this attitude, of this heart posture, of this secret sin. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's someone here, I want to charge you not to give up on trusting God. Not to give up on trusting God. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what you've seen. I don't know what wounded you or what hurt you. But I'm, 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 I'm stirred this morning in my spirit to challenge you, to encourage you, to appeal to you. Don't give up on trusting the Lord. Don't give up on trusting the Lord. God can be trusted. His word still works. God's word still works. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the story that came into my mind right now is the story of, of, of um, the leper. Naaman the leper. When Naaman came to meet Elijah, and Elijah asked him to go deep in the river Jordan, he was going to go back. Okay, he was going to go back. First of all, he must have felt that, I mean, he's a prince where he's coming from. So the man of God should come and meet him at the door, right? And receive him and usher him. The man of God didn't even come out. The man of God was not impressed about his earthly position. The man of God told his servant to go tell him to go and jump in the river Jordan. And he was upset. He was going to go. But this, his, his servant, I'm not sure whether it was that little girl again, or maybe the soldiers that came with him that said, Master, what did they ask you to do? It's just to go deep in the river Jordan. All the rivers in Syria are better than the river Jordan. But God chose the humble river Jordan. Just go do it. I can imagine him doing it first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time. What if he left at the fifth? What if he was checking his skin to see, is it getting clearer? Are the spots, leprosy, whatever marks, are they reducing? He would have thought that by the time I go in the first time, if I come out, something will give, right? But everything sat there. 
His obedience had to be complete before the miracle. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to pray for yourself. Just pray in the spirit for two minutes for yourself. Hallelujah. Last week or so, was it last week or two weeks ago, I had a, I had a testimony from our sister church here in Maryland, TBR. A couple that had waited for 17 years to have a child. And finally, God gave them triplets. God gave them three babies at the same time. And I heard that when she was talking, she said, Lord, for 17 years, I prayed to you every day to give me a child. 17 years. Now, there are 12 monthly cycles in the life of a woman every year. So multiply 12 by 16. Every month expecting that her period will not show up. Every month expecting that maybe God has heard me this time. And it looked like God was deaf. What if she gave up at the 15th year? What if she gave up at the 16th year? I understand they did so many IVFs, so many medical procedures that failed. But on the 17th year, why 17? How do I know? How do you know whether it's your seed in the morning or your seed in the evening that will bear fruit? How do you know whether it's the prayer you prayed in the morning or the one you will pray tomorrow that will be answered? Who knows what God is looking for to answer these prayers that we pray? Who knows what it is, what comment, what has posture, whose voice, whose authority, whose atmosphere, which meeting, which, who knows? So why should I give up? Why should we give up? Why should you give up on yourself? Why should you give up on someone else you are standing for? Pray in the spirit. Let's pray in the spirit for ourselves. We need strength. And someone is saying in their heart right now, but... I prayed and prayed and waited for this and it didn't happen and I lost it completely. The journey is not over yet. I also heard that response. The journey is not over yet. The play has not, they've not drawn the curtain yet. Hallelujah. Father, we bless your name. Job said, though he slay me, yet shall I trust you. Let my heart come there, Father. Let my heart come there, Father. Cause us to surrender fully to you, O oh God, that we can say exactly what Job said. We do not desire the troubles of Job. We do not. But build us up that peradventure we ever have to fall into those things that Job fell into. May we stand as Job stood. 
the name of Jesus, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. The three Hebrew boys said, Sir, we don't need to answer you in this matter. We're going to go into that fire. And we know that God will deliver us. But peradventure, he doesn't deliver us. You know, sometimes God doesn't deliver. I don't know why, but sometimes he doesn't. I remember the king of Israel that asked God, give me this battle. And the first thing that comes out to greet me, I will sacrifice him to you. He thought he would have been one of his servants. He thought he would have been one of his animals or horses. But he was a king in Israel that had only one child. And that one child was a girl. On that day of the victory, that his daughter was the first person to run to greet him. I'm sure that king would have read about Abraham when Abraham took Isaac to go and sacrifice Isaac. And just before I, Abraham sacrificed Isaac, he heard the voice of God that said, Touch not the lad. But on that day, God didn't speak. God said, Give me the blood of the child. Give me the sacrifice. I will take her. Give us strength, Holy Spirit. Give us strength, Holy Spirit. Give us strength as we see the day approaching. As we see the day approaching, give us strength, Holy Spirit. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening, stirring up this awesome atmosphere. Hallelujah. Okay, tonight I want us to just do a kind of recap, a review. And I want this meeting to be highly interactive. I want everyone to say something. I want everyone to share something. Hallelujah. Today hasn't been my normal Tuesdays. Praise God. My normal Tuesdays, I'm locked up somewhere just alone. Um, trusting God. But I had to do the work of the Lord today too. The work of mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I want us to look at... Um, some of the things that we have shared here and i want everyone's contribution praise god so please get ready to say something get ready to ask questions it looks like we're going offline are we i'm losing the internet here okay i'm fine all right so if you have any question get ready to ask the question we'll take it corporately and 
I want us to look at the efficient church. Hallelujah. The efficient church and the church, Smyrna church. These two churches are the churches, I want us to look at them. I want us to see where, the, Smyrna was a, a mature church, right? Praise God. I know your works, tribulations and poverty, but you are rich. So their riches were spiritual riches. Their riches was not earthly, worldly riches. Um, praise God. They actually had a lot of need. They were poor. It looked like poor brethren, okay? Community of poor brethren. Hallelujah. And he says, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Uh, the instruction here is, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. So I want you to hold that in place. And let's talk about some of the things that we can suffer because of this gospel, even in a normal life like this, and then some of the things that we would suffer during persecution, praise God. And let's examine what it is that Jesus is encouraging them not to fear. He mentioned some of it. He said some of you will be thrown into prison. And the reason for throwing, throwing you into that prison is so that you may be what? Tested. You may be tested. Okay? And then um, we back up to the efficient church. We see that this efficient church was a church that Paul prayed for in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Prayed the Ephesian prayers, which you and I have been praying. Praise God. We've been praying the Pauline prayers every day. If you are here, you have not been attending the 6 a.m. prayers, I encourage you to attend the 6 a.m. prayers so that we can pray those prayers corporately as a community. Corporately as a community. Their prayers, you can, you can pray them on your own, but there is something about praying those prayers corporately as a community. The, blessing, the blessings come upon the whole house. So the whole house is able to journey together, okay? You will see, you should be able to come into our midst and you see that at least 90% of people in our midst practice faith successfully, practice bodily healing successfully, right? I was talking to a particular brother at a particular church and he told me, our church people don't fall sick. He said, our church people, we don't fall sick. We don't fall sick. So what you are seeing there is a people that have been raised together, right? And they are assessing those blessings together. They are assessing those virtues together, corporately, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. The same thing, another example is spiritual gifts in the book of first corinthians chapter 12 you will see that when you engage with the lord corporately you know um kenneth i learned this from kenneth hagin not just pray for yourself but pray for your community and pray together corporately you will see that that community will be blessed with a lot of gifts okay now for that to happen the pastor has to have a large heart the pastor or that that person must find mercy to not feel threatened by gifts that will show up. Praise God. <laughs> because, 
There are certain gifts that people like to hang around. People like prophetic gifts. Anybody who prophesies, anybody who sees, every weak person will want to. What, what did God say to you? What, what did you see for me? What did you hear for me? Right? And then if anyone is gifted with the working of miracles or laying on of hands, you would also see that that person will have a bit of more audience than the pastor that is trying to teach you how to follow the principles of God's word and teach you and teach you and, you know, you are like, Pastor, wait first, I they come. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you see, the Lord knows how to balance these things up in a manner that once you follow the Lord with a pure heart, nothing will be lost. Nothing will be lost. Praise God. Every authority that is put in place will still be honored and respected. Hallelujah. And then the body will benefit. Okay, the body will be well nourished and well nurtured. And you see sons and pillars arising from such a place. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, um, how did I get here? What was I saying? <coughs> growing together. The church, local assembly, growing together. So I was encouraging us to attend the 6 a.m. prayers, you know, um, because of this growth. Attend the 6 a.m. prayers, attend open book, attend what for now, praise God, because there is a river whose streams, huh? There is a river whose streams, different streams from one river source, they make glad the city of God. The city of God is you and I. Praise God. So this stream, this stream, this stream, this stream is all from one river. Praise God. Because in that community of believers, there are young believers there, there are mature believers there, there are old believers there, there are ministers there, and everyone must be fed adequately. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear from someone. Otherwise, I'm just going to be calling people randomly. Let me know. Um, I want everyone to speak, to say something this evening. Hallelujah. What are the things that you can, a man can suffer? Jesus said to the Smyrna church, we're going to go to the Ephesian, but let's start with the Smyrna first. Because the Ephesian church, they fell. But the Smyrna church hasn't fallen. By the grace of God, they didn't fall. Hallelujah. He just encouraged them to overcome. Hallelujah. So I want to also announce to you that we are raising an overcoming company. Praise God. A company of what? Overcomers. A company of overcomers. Two years ago, we spent one whole year, almost two years, teaching on unoffendableness, right? Being unoffendable. And I believe that many of us came into that strength to a measure. It has not yet been perfected. I perceive I need to go back there because I still pick offense, little, you know, here, dimensions of offenses here and there. We need to go back there and till that ground again so that we can be a company of people that it will be hard to capture offenses in our heart. Hallelujah. Now, what happens to such a company is that they become impossible for Satan to, Satan to penetrate. They become impossible for Satan to break. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. So what are the things that we think we should not fear? What are the things that we might suffer? 
because of persecution and in our everyday life right now. So someone please, um, let's go. Let's discuss it. You can unmute or you can type. But I'd rather, I'd rather that you unmute. At least while someone is talking, those who want to type can type so that we don't lose time. Anybody? Just give me a high five and we'll unmute you. Trials and temptations. Sister Roberta said trials and temptations. So what are trials? Because that's what we're seeing. Practically, what kind of trials and temptations? Okay. Let's see here. Unpopular opinions. You may be standing alone most times. Fantastic. Betrayals by friends and family. Come on, it's rolling in. All right, let's go to the first one. Trials and temptation. What are trials? Sister Roberta, give more flesh to your trials and temptation. What, what is the meaning of trials? What is the meaning of temptations? Now, when you are tried, who is trying you? Is it God? Is it Satan? When you are being tempted, who is tempting you? Is it God? Is it Satan? Is it yourself? Praise God. Can we answer these questions practically? Anyone? Trials? And what kind of trials? Anyway, first of all, what kind of trials? Because you must have had something in mind before you said trials and temptations. So I want to pull out what it is you had in mind. Sister Roberta. Unmute Sister Roberta. Let her speak. Hello, good evening, Ma. Good evening. God bless you. Ma. When I said, um, good evening, everybody. When I said trials and temptations, I was talking about facing challenges, either thrown to you by the devil or by people surrounding you, Ma. Yes, I know. I want us to make it more practical because when you say that, it sounds generic, right? We're looking okay. at the context of this um scripture that um jesus you know wrote or said to john through the angel concerning the smyrna church and encouraging them do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer watch watch his words he didn't say pray against the plan of satan to put you through some difficult situation right pray against it he said don't fear it you are mm -hmm. going to suffer it. You must go through it. Are, are you hearing? So it means that there yes, are certain things that we must, certain difficulties that we must pass through in this journey of faith, right? Do yes, not fear any of those things which you are about. They are about to start coming, right? Yes, ma'am. Indeed, Satan is about to throw some of you into prison. So Jesus also told him clearly who will do it. He said it's Satan that will do it. And it's funny, he didn't say, pray against Satan. Bind the devil. Pray that it will not happen. No. He said, Satan will throw some of you into prison. Okay? So that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation there 10 days. Be faithful until death. So, they are not even, he's not, they are not even asking them to pray to escape death. They are just saying, endure until you die. Okay. Hmm? Be faithful. Yes, 
be faithful unto death, and then I will give you the crown of life. Praise God. Now, these things we are sharing here are not very palatable. These are not things you would hear in our regular everyday church. And I'm not saying this is a different, you know, we're better than anybody. No, I'm just saying that you are blessed for you to be here, to be willing to hear these things because this is preparation for your journey. This is preparation for the days ahead of us, okay? Which we do not know when those days will come upon us. So if you're going to go on a journey, if you're traveling to Canada during Christmas, you must be well equipped because it's freezing cold out there, right? So you must have your winter jacket, you must have, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. All right, if you have anything to say, let me not box you in. If you have more things to say, go ahead and say it. Otherwise, we would, um, the Lord is already providing. So many people are talking, so we can pick on some of the things that are being said. So okay, my, you can pick on. Huh? Um, well, you can pick on what other people are saying, ma. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, so Faber said some people will be thrown into prison. Some people will be thrown into prison because of their faith. Okay, I don't know how many of us are beginning to see, you know, little, little clips of things they they, they they show us from TikTok. They post on, okay, maybe some people are preaching somewhere and police will come and arrest them. Okay, so these are all, um, these are what you what I would call trial runs, right? Uh -huh. um, Satan is just trying to introduce himself. And God is also bringing our attention to the fact that it's coming close, it's coming close, it's coming close, it's coming close, praise God. Because some of us would be thrown into prison. It would depend on which part of the world that you are in. However, what, what is guaranteed is that what is guaranteed is that there will be trial that will come upon everyone who is on the earth when the season of that trial comes. Hallelujah. Okay. Unpopular opinions. You may be standing alone most times. So if you can you unmute and speak about this. Unpopular opinions. You may be standing alone most times. What what kind of unpopular opinions are you talking about? Hallelujah. Um, good evening, beloved. Um, can you hear me clearly? Yes. Yes, we can hear you. Okay, um, so when I say unpopular um, opinion, opinion, well, unpopular opinions, I mean, um, especially those lines that are, um, those lines that are between what is good and what is God. So, um, practical example is um, you have a situation, especially these things typically play out in family situations. And um, you take a position that perhaps God is leading you to, but it's not apparently good to everyone else. And you might be kicked out or labeled a, um, you know, someone that is not following the family crowd. And you might end up being isolated from everyone. And um, the price that you would have to pay is either you go with what the Lord is saying to you or you join everyone to do what feels good. 
and sometimes there's actually going to be a valid good-looking situation for that. And so sometimes it's as serious as choosing between your <clears throat> what God has asked you to do and what your family's position is. That's what I mean by unpopular opinion in this sense. Okay, I want to ask a question. Is there anyone here that has been pressured, <clears throat> pressured in this dimension before of having to stand alone because you have chosen a posture of righteousness? You have chosen um, to go on a path that glorifies God and defends your faith against, you know, the rest of other people, maybe in an office, maybe in the family, maybe amongst friends or whatever. Okay, is there anyone that has been through that before? Anyone? So you can share with us tips. Okay, Helen. Oh, fantastic. Okay, Shile. Good. Okay, Sister Helen, please share with us what um, your experience and how you overcame that situation. If you have overcome it or, or if you've already overcome it or it is still there. All right. Um, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm, still, I'm still going through it. Just a few days ago here. There was a family meeting and I had to be online, you know, for another administration and they kept calling, kept calling. And I said, I couldn't join. You know, sometimes when that happens, my siblings just, you know, they, they stay away and nobody wants to talk to me anymore. You know, that's just, you know, on the, on the side. But over the years, there has been this pressure. Why have you chosen to follow the Lord. And so they come with all manner of suggestions. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And you tell them, this is what the Lord has said we should do, or this is what the Lord has said I should do. And they give you the, what's it called now? Cold shoulder. Everybody stays away and it becomes very lonely. It's as if you are being pressured to do what they want. But thank God that, you know, we know the truth. It's, it's, it's really, it's, Usually very lonely, but thank God for God. All right, praise God. You see, in your situation, you are married. So, and I know that yourself and your husband believe the same, okay? Yeah. So at least you can find companionship or you can find company with your husband and share with him. But Shile, you raise your hand. You are a single girl. You are not yet married. I want to know... Because there might be people here that would need to hear, you know, this rejection because of faith. Um, how do I overcome this loneliness, this feeling of rejection? I'm, not, I'm no longer a part of this family. What are the principles of God's word that you have applied that helped your heart and kept you in joy to go through uh, the season? Yeah? Hey, Naomi. Okay, so I think mine was also um, family related so i had um, we we had a family decision that was already made and then the lord spoke to me and told me to go the other direction and <laughs> and i knew but i didn't tell anybody because <laughs> i was afraid so i kept on praying and i was like um because for me it was like i had the option to be emotional and say you know what Damn everybody, this is what God said, this is what I'm gonna do. Everybody bye. But I 
um, by wisdom from scripture, I knew that there's always, there's something wisdom, wisdom can make the most impossible situation like just look so simple. So I kept on asking God for wisdom and favor, or, or I think wisdom and mercy, either of, either of two. And eventually I told my family what my decision was and they all were like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But like some years down the line, they are like, you made a terrible decision. Look at this person, their life ended up like this. Look at this person, your life is going to end up like this. You're going to regret all your decisions. So in that case, um, what is most important is to cleave to God, like never like lose connection with God's voice because there are other voices that are louder. But the Bible says that the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. It is more than the sound of many waters. He sits and throws out the Lord. Yes, he divides the flame of fire. The voice of God is stronger than any other voice. So it pays to follow God's voice because you can only see you can't even see the next 10 seconds down the line. There's nobody that can predict the next 10 seconds down the line. But God can see 60 years, 100 years. So he pays to follow his voice at any cost and just keep intimacy with him because that is where comfort will come from. Yes. Okay, all right. Praise God. So what I picked from your counsel is anyone who is going through a situation like this, what you owe yourself is to keep God's voice, keep your ears close to the mouth of God, right? You know, I think it's David who said, once have you spoken, twice have I heard. Is it, is it in the Psalms? Where is that scripture? Once have you spoken, twice, twice have I heard. Wherever the scripture is, it is written somewhere in the scriptures. Praise God. So you keep your ears so that you can sustain, keep that voice of God, okay, speaking to you to keep your heart strong, okay, and keep you focused on what it is that God is saying, so that the voice of God, um, like Sheila shared with us, will fulfill his, his promise, okay? Uh, wrong verse? Oh, you put the wrong verse, okay. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. So the voice of the Lord has power, has authority, and is able to silence all the other voices now where it is important that the voices are silenced is in your soul the, those contrary voices you have to make sure that you are not letting what they are saying get to you and the only way you can keep what they are saying from getting to you is by ensuring that the voice of god is loud in your own ears and one of the things you can do practically is also to repeat those things God has said to you in the place of prayer. Each time you kneel down to pray, you say, Lord, you said to me. Lord, you spoke to me. Lord, you said, you instructed me. I would obey your voice. I will do what you said to do. Now, as long as you keep reminding yourself of what the Lord said to you, and you do it constantly in the place of prayer, you will see that strength will come to shut down these other voices that would want to sway you praise god hallelujah let me see if there's someone else that has something to say along those lines no hand is raised let's go back to the chat and see what we have there okay persecutions okay, someone said betrayals by friends and family yeah, I guess that's almost about. Sister Rhoda, can you throw more light on this for us? Can you talk or you're in the office? Are you able to say something, Sister Rhoda? Betrayals by friends and family.
Is this AC on? Oh, she's at work. All right. Okay. So is there anyone that, um, anyone that can say something concerning betrayals by friends and family? I've never experienced betrayal by family, friends. Yeah. Here and there. Oh yeah. I've experienced. Oh, I just remembered. I've experienced serious betrayal by people I loved so much. <laughs> Beautiful. I've even forgotten about it. And we're still best friends. <laughs> we're still best friends. Yes. Yeah, so is there anyone here that has ever experienced betrayal by friends? How did you handle it? Let me tell you how I handled mine. And mine was, it was really, really bad. Okay. I just said, I just said to myself, say, Kai, Satan wants me to fall. Kai. I said, Satan wants me to fall. Satan wants me to fall. Satan wants me to turn my friends into enemies, my sisters into enemies. I won't. I won't. I won't. I made excuses. I made excuses for them. I made excuses. Yes, God made me forget. I tell you. Honestly, I tell you. We're still best friends still today. We're still best friends still today. But that could have made, that, that experience could have made one, could have made you enemies for life. Maybe not enemies that you hate yourself, but, you know, you just stay on your own. Let me stay on your own, on my own. You can't be trusted. You are a betrayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, you see, when things like that happen, and you look down the road, and you see the posture your heart has taken, and there's no pain in your heart. There's no, you know, you know you've grown. You know it's not normal. You know you've grown. You know it's not normal. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful to God for that. I actually forgot that I ever had that experience. Beautiful. Hallelujah. So someone asked a question right now. Is it wrong to stay on your own? And Atinuke said yes. So Atinuke, your response, yes. Is it answer to that question or are you saying yes to something I said? Praise the Lord. I was saying yes to knowing you have grown. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, so is it wrong to stay on your own? It depends on why you're staying on your own. It depends on the reason why you decide to stay on your own. Sometimes staying on your own can be an instruction from the Lord for you to pull back and stay away from noise, right? But if staying on your own is because of malice, then it's wrong. The reason, the, the source, the reason why we do stuff is always very important to God. Okay? So if you're staying on your own because of malice, then it's wrong for you to stay on your own. But if you're staying on your own because of spiritual growth, because the Lord needs you to be quiet in this season, because the Lord want, you want you need to spend more time with God, then yes, it is not bad to stay on your own. 
okay? If you're staying on your own because these people, they would hurt you, they will say this and say that. Um, what I would counsel you is to invest a lot of time in learning not to be offended, okay? So that you can be in the midst of your brethren and when they offend you, you will not be offended because offenses must come. And can I tell you, when Satan realizes that you have wounds in your heart. So what do I mean by wounds? You are easily, anyone who is easily offended has wounds because there are things that you would, you would see that would happen to some people and they just get offended. And you're like, this is too small to get you offended, right? The reason the person is getting offended is not because of that thing that was done to them at that time. It's because they have wounds already. They're already wounded. They are carrying bruises in their heart, too many hurts, too many offenses, and they have not submitted themselves to the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to encourage us. It is your responsibility to get healed. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't matter who did what. It is still your responsibility to get healed. It is your responsibility to ensure that you Nurture your heart with God's word. Nurture your heart with the presence of the Holy Spirit to that place where you will not be hurt anymore. You will not be hurting. Hurting with pain is bad for a believer. It is your responsibility to get yourself there. You have to talk to yourself. You have to speak to yourself. You have to encourage yourself. You have to talk to the Holy Spirit constantly to heal your heart. Take this away from me. Heal my heart. I'm heartbroken. It's okay to confess to the Lord. I'm heartbroken. I'm hurting. Now, after a while, you will see, you begin to, you know, even your confessions will change. It might, some will take a bit of a while, but don't stop until you are healed. Right? Offense will off you from the way and end you. <laughs> Sometimes people stay on their own because of sea finish. Sometimes people stay on their own because of sea finish. What is sea finish? That's because you've lost value before people, right? Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's okay. So long as you are sure you are not despising them for bringing you down. Because sometimes we, we, we that sea finish is because of what we are doing. We, are, we would have conducted ourselves in a certain manner that would make people look down on you, right? So if you do that, for example, I'm learning to be humble, right? I'm training myself to be meek. I'm training myself not to think highly of myself. So there's a manner that I have intentionally decided to act towards certain class of people. So if they look down on me a bit, not accord me the kind of respect I want, not, it shouldn't offend me. That's what I'm saying. It shouldn't offend me. Why? I'm running a race. I know what I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing that. I've taken that posture intentionally. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Praying for the offender helps to heal the heart faster. Very correct. Offense is a poison. Not only you go die, you. I try not to get offended deliberately. Very important not to get offended deliberately. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, 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 it's getting offended is inevitable. Getting angry is inevitable. But jumping out of it as quickly as possible is very important. So train yourself. The minute you get offended, ensure you address the issue that got you offended. Maybe you are, you are someone in a place of authority and those under you are messing up. It's, you can get angry, yes. But ensure it doesn't run into offense. Ensure it doesn't give you a mindset about this particular person under you, right? And it begins to, you begin to act in a certain manner and, and in an adverse manner towards them. Now you are offended. Now it's hitting your heart, okay? And it's bending your walk in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, let's move on. Now somebody said, for feature of your rights and privileges. Hmm. For feature of your rights and privileges. Yes. We, it, I don't know how many people have watched China Cry. Each time we talk about offenses, I talk about China Cry. I don't know if anybody has watched China Cry, the movie China Cry, right? Now, when persecution arose in China, they had to give up their wealth. They, were, they had real wealth, not small money. Real wealth. They ate with gold. Their cutlery was gold aristocratic, rich, right? But they were, they were, they, 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 the communist China didn't want to see any rich man, particularly rich men that had faith. They were believers. So they were grossly persecuted, all their wealth taken from them. The father sent to the hospital, injected, you know, they poisoned him um, in the hospital and he bled, he died. The mother, I can't remember what happened to the mother. I think she also died. She also died. So she was the only survivor. And she was sent to concentration. She was sent to the mountains to go and to go and hack stones. You can imagine an Ajebota, a princess that had servants, stewards, now exposed to hardship because of the gospel. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes your rights and privileges will be taken from you. But anybody, let me, now let me tell us something, okay? Which is why we're encouraging you to read the Bible every day, pray in the spirit every day. Read the Bible every day, pray in the spirit every day. Stay in fellowship with fellow believers. Keep your heart focused on the Lord. Meditate daily. Now, anybody who does these things, even the worst trial that will come upon you, you will escape it. Because the strength to escape these kind of trials and tribulations, it doesn't come from saying, I'm not going to fall. It doesn't come from saying, I won't do it. No, something has to, there's another strength that has to rise from inside. And if you have not built up that strength in that day of adversity, your own strength will fail. So it is important that you pay attention to these daily spiritual exercises what they are doing is that they are building pillars inside of you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tests are as a result, as a result of things you have heard, exposed your mind to, and are engaging in either by life situations or the enemies. Okay, but you're talking about tests now. Praise the Lord. 
Okay, let me read this long. So a current temptation is how the world is trying to side with Palestinian, but God has asked us to stand with Israel or how the Western world is standing for perverse sexual ideology in the name of love and acceptance. But we as children of God have been called to be holy. Praise God. Now, don't ever allow anybody to deceive you. No, no sexually immoral person will inherit the kingdom of God. Please, Francis, shoot that scripture on the screen for me. I'm talking to brethren who are in Canada, brethren who are in the US, brethren who are in Europe. No sexually immoral person will ever inherit the kingdom of God. No sexually immoral person will ever inherit the kingdom of God. I saw something on TikTok. Someone, somebody posted something somewhere. A guy, I think he's even a Nigerian or a black man who was saying, I'm Nigerian, I'm a pastor, and I am, uh, I am trans or I am gay, I'm homosexual, and it's okay. God loves me. I love the Lord. That's rubbish. You don't know the Lord. You don't know him. You can't love him. That's rubbish. No sexually immoral person would inherit the kingdom of God. So it's not something you play around with. Please take time to instruct your children. Take time to teach your children what true holiness is. Take time to teach your children gender. Let them understand that God made male and female. God, didn't, God was not confused at creation. God cannot be confused. Give somebody a male organ. And then the person comes out and begins to say, I'm a woman. I feel like a woman. God is not confused. Every hormone that is meant to run through a man's body was put in that man the day that the man was, was created in his mother's womb. So, so same also with a woman. So please stand strong without hate. Did you hear what I said? Stand firmly without hate. Don't hate anyone. Pray for them to know the Lord, but never, ever, ever agree with, agree with them, please, right? The current temptation is how the world is trying to side with Palestinians. You see, the world siding with Palestinians, you don't blame them, okay? Because the world doesn't have the record. The world doesn't know what your God said. The world doesn't listen to your God. The world is an enemy to your God. So you must understand that properly. And you must understand that in judgments, which is why Isaiah chapter 11 is critical in the life of a believer, the seven spirits of God. The seven spirits of God must raise a believer so that with any situation that comes up in life, a, situa a believer must be able to see how God sees. Judge how God judges. Praise God. It's also important for you, Christian believer, to know that God siding with Israel doesn't mean that an Israelite who dies in this crisis without Jesus is going to heaven. He's going to hell. He's not going to go to heaven because Jesus has already come. Jesus has already died on the cross. Jesus has already collapsed the middle wall of partition between the Jews and the Gentiles and have made out of the two one new man. And right now, salvation can only be attained through faith in the Lord Jesus, which Jesus, the regular Jew has rejected. So what did Jesus say? He said, you will likewise perish if you, if you believe not. Likewise. 
He said, if the work that was done in you was done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have been saved. He said, Sodom will rise up on the day of judgment and testify against you. So those are hard words. They are not, they are not playful words. They are serious words. However, you will understand the character of your father, almighty God, in what is happening in Israel. He made a promise to Abraham. He cut a covenant with Abraham. He said, this land, I will give it to your descendants in the flesh. That's what God is defending. His word. He's defending his word. Every covenant he made with Abraham, every covenant he made with Isaac, every covenant he made with Jacob, he is standing by them. He's not intimidated by their unbelief. He's standing by them. He's not intimidated by the whole world. Shouting, hey! He's standing by his word. Praise God. So when you have this understanding, it helps your heart judge right. It helps you pray aright. You know how to pray when you are praying. Now, thankfully, many Jews are coming to Jesus. There are many, many, many more Messianic Jews than there has ever been in the history of AD. After, is it AD? Yes. AD after death, after the death of Christ. That's right. Okay. There are lots of Jews right now coming to Jesus. So thank God for that. But we are waiting for the corporate declaration of the Jewish nation when they will declare for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Being passed up for promotion at work or ministry. Okay. This is good. Sister Temitokwe posted this. Being passed up for promotion at work or ministry, being looked at as spooky by even other believers or being canceled because you are pushing for truth and not comfortable anymore with church going. This will be, if you're not experiencing this, assuming you were in a hip hop church, right? And you now you are, <laughs> you are in a, you know, feel good church. You know what I'm saying, right? And now you're getting more spiritual. Now you are, you're looking at things more closely. <laughs> Get ready for persecution. Get ready for being canceled. It's going to come. You can't escape it. Very soon, they'll start calling you spooky. I was a master spooky. They called me spooky. Spooky, even from, even from the highest throne, I was called spooky. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I mean, I, God, God strengthened me so much, so much. And um, I got into trouble many times also out of not acting wisely. Sometimes I acted foolishly because knowledge puffs up. And until you know the wisdom of humility, that knowledge will put you in trouble. When you, whenever, I, whenever things that have to do with things you know come around, there are sometimes you should just keep quiet because they won't hear you. So no need of talking. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, somebody said sickness. Gladys, what do you mean by sickness? The things which you shall suffer? I, I, I don't agree that sickness is one of the things that will be thrown at you from reading in context, in the context of what we are discussing in the book of Revelation chapter 2, the things which you will suffer. I don't believe so. I don't think sickness. Now, Sickness is from Satan, but sickness is not a tool of persecution. Please, 
okay? There are, Jesus said something, he said, in this world, in this world, you would have tribulation. It was a promise, right? But this, the word of God says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. With his stripes, we were healed. So every believer has already been healed in Christ Jesus. God cannot come and start reversing it. Every believer has already been healed in Christ Jesus. Your labor, my labor is assessing it, learning how to assess it spiritually, learning how to assess healing by the word of God, learning how to assess healing by the principles of God's word. So sickness is not one of it. Please, thank you so much. If you start feeling sickness in your body, deal with it. You know, stay all night long confessing God's word, declaring God's word. It works. If you can't do all night long, take two hours, three hours, declare God's word. Be consistent with it. It works. I mean, some things might linger on, but one thing that surely will not come is death. There are many simple prayers that when we pray, God answers. God, give me strength. Give me power. Do you know the Lord answered such prayers? Give me strength in my physical body. Lord, you said you are my strength. You said you will give power to the weak. You said you will give might to them that have no strength. You increase to them that have no might. You increase strength. You said you will give power to the faint. Honestly, God answers such prayers. Praise God. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Show me where the secret to my healing is. Sometimes it's food. God wants you to be healed by changing your diet. Maybe your diet pisses God off. Sugar, 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 sugar. You eat sugary cookies, drink Coke, drink this one, everything, there must be sugar, sugar, sugar. You know, in America, even the vegetables, they add sugar. They've done DNA twisting. <laughs> what do you call it? Yeah. GMO, whatever it is, they've done that. Even, even some vegetables are sweet. They've added sugar. I remember when my daughters were in high school in, in Onida, and Onida is in a mountainous, you know, local part of the U U.S., so they grow their own farms, you know? They grow their own food in that school. I took them to that school because it's a Christian school and they are serious. If you wear spaghetti dress in that school, they will expel you. If you wear tight over tight jeans, they will seize, seize all your clothes. If you wear white singlet that is transparent, they would seize it from you. <laughs> Hallelujah, I loved the school, very strict. Somebody said, in America, I said, yes. When I went to the school, the woman told me, he said, they, the government don't tell us what to do. They warned their children, you dare not practice homosexuality in this place. You dare not. We expel you that same day. Go and bring government. So they don't take, they don't take grants from governments. They don't take grants from social um, organizations that want to buy the Christian voice. You know, that's what they do, right? 
All the Ivy League schools were all Christian schools. So they began to take funding from different organizations, even some of them from Islamic organizations. And as they take those grants, part of the conditions for receiving those grants is that their voices against certain uh, uh, vices in the society will be silenced. They will no longer go Christian. In fact, one of our family friends, the daughter at the school they went to in San Marcos, they've removed Christian from their school. Yes, the second, you know, the San Marcos High School, a whole lot of our, our friends, their kids were going there because it's a Christian school. But they've taken out Christian from the school. Now those things come because the schools won't fund it. But this particular Baptist could say, we don't want your funds. Don't give us your money. Don't give us your money. And then they kept, they kept the fees very low so people can afford to come. When I went there, I'm sorry I took you through this other story, but what I told you now is more important than what the story I want to tell you about vegetables. <laughs> the salads had sugar. <laughs> I'm like, you know, when I go to, when I, when I go out to such places, I can't even touch any of the foods they cook, right? But at least salads, I should be able to eat salad. Like, what? I picked up the salad. It was sweet. I'm like, what is going on here? Please stay away from sugar. Stay away, stay away from sugar. There are foods that God has made. Okay? The satanists are the ones that will tell us one day, abstain from meat. You know where they are going? You know that right now they've started manufacturing lab manufactured meats, lab manufactured chicken, lab man manufactured human meat, lab manufactured human meat. Now just watch in the next five, six to 10 years, they are gonna come up with a study that will tell you don't eat the natural meats that God has made. This one is what you should eat. That is what that scripture is talking about. Part of the signs of the last days, abstaining from meat, which God created for us to receive with thanksgiving. Hmm? They are working so hard to remove natural seeds. When I, I intentionally, most of the times, I intentionally do not buy seedless fruits intentionally, except it's unavoidable. Why? Because God did not create anything without seed. So if you are giving me seedless, seedless, what you are telling me is that you don't like God's creation. You don't want God's creation. You can manufacture it yourself and I refuse to support you. I refuse to give you my money. Except it's completely impossible. I want the one with seed. Don't give me seedless. Give me the one with seed. That's how God made it. You can't be wiser than God. Praise God. So if you, if you have some of these hardline postures, you won't, you won't succeed even in the midst of your fellow Christians. <laughs> hallelujah praise the lord please i want to encourage you please push for truth as much as possible but push more in the place of prayer 
push more in the place of prayer. And then sometimes when you come into a, a, an assembly, God has planted you there. You might not be able to win the church, okay? God was, probably would want you to disciple three, four, five, six, seven people. Take time and ask the Lord to show you who they are, okay? Ask the Lord to show you who they are. And when you find them, feed them secretly or privately until they mature. Now, the plan of God might be to raise a secret army there that would eventually labor for light to come into that place or just to go save the few that he knows will hear. Like the church in Sardis, right? The church in Sardis, what did God say? He said, there are many of some of you who, who have white garments and you have not stained your white, but they are still in that church in Sardis. I hope I make sense. Yeah, did I make sense? And is there any, anything anyone wants to say? I, I didn't plan to just talk, talk, talk today. I assumed I was very um, physically drained from where I was coming from. Okay, someone wrote and said, I have trained myself not to expect so much from people. So I am not surprised when things happen. That is an absolutely fantastic training. I basically make excuses for their behavior and I move on. That is so good. Just make sure that you don't belittle them in your heart. Make sure you don't act like they don't exist because they do exist. Praise God. So you see, the race is, is, is quite tight. Okay? So just train your heart to be disappointed at any time. That's okay. It's a safe place to be. But make sure that whoever disappoints you all, don't say, mm, 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 you know, and then you're writing people off with that. No, don't write anybody off. But it's a good thing, it's a good training you're giving your heart, but close up some of these other. Um, my betrayer was at work. Everyone turned against me because the boss was not happy with me. But God used my mom at that time to help me not to seek to defend myself, basically to turn the other cheek. I gave my right and let go, walked away and moved on. Thank God for your mom. Praise God. I was talking to some young people recently, a few days ago, or even yesterday, and I was counseling and said, look for mothers in our midst. Mothers that you can go to for counseling. Because sometimes at, at a certain season of your life, Satan will bombard your mind with negative thoughts. Okay? And some of those thoughts might want you to do, make you do something that is not in line with your destiny. And you will miss what God has assigned for you. So look for mothers in Israel, right? Look for mothers in Israel. Find a mother in Israel around you, a woman who loves the Lord, a woman who um, will counsel you according to the word of God. And you can talk to such a woman at you know, seasons like that. Praise God. As a Christian, we know and believe what God has said about homosexual and homosexuality and all. And we shouldn't hate anyone, including homosexuals. Is it okay to be friendly with them? Yes, it's okay. 
as long as their atmosphere doesn't affect you. So an example, my neighbor is gay and has a son and I feel burdened and sad about his son. Hmm. I have a son who is the same age. Is it okay to let my son be friends with him? And am I opening my up my family for something we don't believe in? Can I tell you the truth? If it is me, my son is not going to be friends with that son. That is me. Because the Bible says, do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Evil communication corrupts good manners. Now, if, I, if my son has to be in the presence of that child for any form of friendship, I have to be there. I have to be there. I have to go with my child to the place. And when I'm leaving, I will take my child with me. I won't even try it. I won't even smell it. <laughs> Kai. Praise God. Please, don't, that's, don't, don't go in that direction. If there is the sin that will make God come and destroy this earth, it is this sin. Sure, you know. This is what brought God down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is what God, this is one of the signs, one of the reasons why God will come down to shut down this age is because of this sin. And that's why it's, it's growing like a yeast all over the world. Acceptance of it is growing. It has become a big deal. It has become a big matter because it has a role to play in the last days. It has its own role. Please don't, don't give your son, don't give your son, don't allow your son to play. Anyway, you heard my counsel, all right. And I counseled what I would do. I've told some of my children, I've, I've seen some kids around and I said, I don't want you to be friends with this child. You, I don't want you to be friends with this child. Now, it's not because I cannot help the child, but I need, for every child, you must know the position of the parents, right? If the parents of a minor is, it's, is loose, it's not strict, it's not firm with discipline, then you run a risk over your child's life because there'll be no, no correction. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you send your child to my home and your child and my child do something wrong, if I flog your child five strokes of cane, I will flog my own child 15. My children know that is my style. I will discipline my own child more. Now, I want to be sure that if my child comes to your house and does something wrong, you as a parent in that one would also be able to discipline my child, to correct my child. But many parents don't like um, you prognosing into their, their children's life. I, I learned that in a very painful manner because I, I wanted every child, I felt that children, all our children who are of the same age grade should grow together. Because the world is going to get so hostile that by the time they are adults, they might not have real friends that have the same value to fellowship with. So if they all grow up together having the same value, they will never suffer the kind of loneliness my older children suffered. Because they couldn't find children who were as spiritual as they were at that time, at that time. 
There's a revival now going on in the land. So a lot of young people are coming to the Lord. There's a revival going on. It's subtle, but it's there. It's happening. Okay, so children that have a bit of class, that are a bit exposed, quite a bit of them are getting more and more drawn to the Holy Spirit. So you can sit down and have a Holy Ghost conversation, discussion with, it wasn't like that before. They were scarce. Where, where were they? Well, look, we couldn't find them. Everybody was a church goer. Just went to church and did stuff. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, and Kichi, you said something. You said, oh my God, this was a recent revelation in our household. It's not generational curses. Please, what is that? What, what are you referring to here? What's the time? Oh dear, it's almost eight o'clock. We didn't touch Ephesians at all. Beans and sugar. Beans and sugar. <laughs> BG financial funds researches in universities heavily. Okay. Please, there's a lot of information on the chat group, on the chat platform here, you know, the chat page <laughs> on this uh, Zoom meeting. So um, I like that. I'll appreciate that after the meeting ends, take time and go through it so you don't miss out on some things. I'm learning to, I'm learning food is the foundation for great natural health. That's right. From Coach Rose messages, I've learned three important principles. Eat what God says is food. That's it. That's the secret. Yeah. Okay, Nkechi, yes. Okay, right. Go ahead, please, my dear. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah, we, okay. You, you touched on it already. I know we're, also, we're already out of time. Okay, all right, good. Eat what God says. It's food. Very important. Eat it as close to its natural state as possible. That's right. Don't make any food or drink your idol. Very correct. God told Kenne Copeland, I made water, you guys made Coke. Okay, all right. Okay, what about men wearing women's clothes and women wearing men's clothes? Because that's how homosexuality starts. You mean when a man dresses to look like a woman and when a woman dresses to look like a man? Yes, that is wrong. But not that trousers are men's clothes and women shouldn't wear trousers. That's not that's not what the scripture is saying, okay? So if you mean that a man should dress up now and look like a woman, wear a woman's clothes, look like a woman, and make up, you know, uh, to dress to look like a woman and you're a man, that's evil. That's bad. God doesn't want that. All right, praise the Lord. Okay, so we've gone through these questions and I, I hope that you were blessed. We don't have much time, so I would like us to... Um, take one or two suggestions on the book of... on, on, on the, F, the Church of Ephesus. 
the efficient church, this church, Paul prayed the prayers for them in Ephesians chapter one. They matured truly, truly. Okay. They really, really matured. Hallelujah. However, however, um, they fell. Okay. So who can point to us? Because you could be in this situation. I could be in this situation, right? I look at the efficient church and I can see myself in the efficient church, right? And the things that they know. Look at that. Some of you also can, you know, I know your works. You cannot bear those who are evil, yes. You tasted those who say they're apostles and are not. You found them to be liars, yes. You can judge who is a true apostle and who is not. You have persevered and have patience, yes. You have labored for my name's sake and you have not gotten weary, yes. Nevertheless, I have something against you, you see. You have left your first love. And my husband preached and said, that first love is after I heard of your faith and your love towards the brethren, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love towards the brethren. Hallelujah. So what can we do? What can we do? One or two suggestions. What can we do so that we do not fall like the efficient church? What can we do so that we do not fall like the efficient church? Anyone quickly? Love truth, all truth. Chukwebuka, did you raise your hands? Yes. Okay. So speak, speak loud so that we can hear you. You should be wary of falling in love with the work of God. Okay. Okay, so Chikwebuka here is saying something. Chikwebuka is saying we should be weary of falling in love with the work, the work of the ministry. Okay, we should be weary of falling in love with the work of the ministry above the trainings of the heart. Right? So you can love all the wonderful things you are doing, all the works you are doing, all the discipleship, all the people you are helping, everything you're doing, and then you are denying yourself the ministration that should come to you as a person. Okay? Praise God. Another thing that is I want to sound out to us is, for those that have matured, please do not despise the milk of God's word. So there are some very foundational materials that we read here. For example, authority of a believer, growing up spiritually. Once in a while, go read such books, even though you think you've overgrown them. Refresh yourself in the milk of God's word. Praise God. Hallelujah. And very importantly, please do evangelism. Train your, excuse me, please. Train yourself to have compassion for sinners. When you, when you enter into perfection and trying to mature people and perfect people, if you're not careful, Satan will knock you off of that course of seeing that the lost needs salvation. It's very important that you see that the lost needs salvation. Hmm? Yes, please add something. something else Can they hear you from there clearly? Um, something that I think is also very important is understanding that all your um, all the things you learn foundational in your Christian walk, they're actually you're actually meant to keep on doing them until you finish your Christian walk. 
Okay, so Francis is saying here, I don't know if you heard him quite clearly. Francis is saying here, one of the things that we must master is that everything you learned at the foundational level of your Christian life, please carry it with you. Don't drop anyone. Praise God. Carry it with you. Okay, at each junction of your Christian, um, um, your spiritual exam or your sp Christian journey where you're supposed to add on, add, don't drop, add. Don't get this and throw away this. Never stop casting out Don't ever stop casting out demons. Never stop believing God for your needs. Those trainings, those basic training on how to believe God, how to make confessions, how to believe God for this, trust God for this. Don't ever stop it. Praise God. Now, this is very, these things are very important so that we don't fall. Because, I mean, even though my husband pointed out that the, uh, 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 um, what is in Ephesians 1, after ahead of your faith and your love in the Lord Jesus, there might be so much more also that has to do with their first love that they've left. Don't stop fasting, don't stop praying. Yes. Thank you so much. Some people fast and pray until when many, these are for those who are in, in ministry, some people fast and pray for ministry to blossom. And when ministry blossoms, they stop fasting and praying. They've mastered it. They enter into their own. Now they know what to do. Don't ever know what to do. Don't stop seeking God's counsel. Don't stop seeking God's will. Don't think that the efficient prayer the Colossian prayer, the Philippian prayer the, is for baby Christians. You are no longer a baby Christian. Let me tell you, I, me, I pray it. In fact, Shile shared some things on 6 a.m. prayers the other day. And after she finished, it put more fire into me. When I, when I resumed those prayers, the way I was praying, the, the way I resumed them, you would think I never prayed them before in my life. I took it very seriously. And never, don't, never overlook even your, 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 your young believers that you are raising, you are training, give them opportunity to speak into your life. Give them opportunity to say things that will bring correction to what you are doing. It keeps pride away from you. This fall is because of pride. Spiritual pride. Allow a Samuel speak to an Eli. It's very important. Sam, Eli has grown fat. He has been in the temple all his life. He's a true prophet, too, but he has grown fat. And not only has he grown fat, he has grown blind. So when Samuel, if Samuel spoke to him and he would have said, shut up, you this boy, when did you come here? Shabi, I just brought you here now. You are the one coming to tell me now what God is saying. Many preachers are like that. Don't train yourself. Don't allow yourself to be that way. Recently, I would have fallen. It's one of my daughters here that had a revelation and she called me and she said, I saw you display anger that was not good. I said, really? She said, you multiplied into three. I was happy. I thought the multiplication is the Abrahamic type of multiplication. Let's go and conquer this uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. But she said it was because of anger. And you did something that spoiled things. I took it to God in prayer. I said, Lord, I thought I had overgrown offense. What is it that will happen that I will see and I'll react in, ma in a manner that will cause this to happen? Please take it away from me. 
God will send people dreams to warn you about certain things. Those people are younger than you and me. I'm not saying be gullible. I don't swallow everything people tell me. I'm not saying because I'm not gullible at all. I bring every prophetic word, whether during meetings, outside of me, I put it to judgment. I judge it. Hallelujah. Can we thank God for this evening? Have we been blessed? I think we've been so blessed. I have been so blessed. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she says it's just 6.30 p.m. here. That's how you know the presence of God is with you. Time just goes so fast and you need to stop. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you. I want you to lift up your hands and ask the Lord to hold your hands and help you stand. Hold your hands and help you stand. Tell the Lord, I can't keep myself. I can't keep myself, but you can keep me, Lord. Hold my hands. Help me stand. Help me overcome. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me, Holy Spirit. I've done well hitherto, but I want to do well until the end. Until the end. Help me stand. Help me overcome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. Don't stop asking. Don't stop asking him. Don't stop talking to him. Don't start, stop asking for his help. Don't stop asking for his assistance. Don't stop asking for his guidance. These are prophetic words I'm giving us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Never be too matured to repent. Never be too matured to repent. Repent of the slightest color of iniquity. Never be too proud to take the correction even from your enemy. You'll be shocked your enemy is seeing all your faults more than those who love you. Help us to stand, Father. Help us to overcome, Father. Help us to be faithful. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Okay, someone asked a question. What if one did not have foundational, tra foundational training in the way like one built a house? Things, thoughts have been forgotten. You just go to church, listen to sermons, and go back home. But the application of what was heard not really can be seen in the new believers. So what's the question? What if one did not have... If you, if you did not have foundational training and you are in this community, we're laying those foundational trainings again. So take them seriously. Okay? Take them seriously. Very soon we're going to teach the fundamental doctrines of Christ. Take them seriously. Read the book seriously. There are other books that you can read that would help you. Growing Up Spiritually, Growing Up Spiritually by Kenneth Hagin is a beautiful book. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God is a beautiful book. Um, following God's Plan for Your Life is a beautiful book. Hallelujah. 
Let's share the grace of God in fellowship. I love you too. I love everyone. Glory to God. Thank you so much, uh, Kitchi. God bless you. Hallelujah. Let's share the grace of God in fellowship. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely God's goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives as we are the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. All right. Good night, everyone. Good night, Martha. Immersion. Are our flyers out? Where are the flyers? <laughs> everyone is getting ready for the immersion, 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 immersion. Immersion is coming. Be on the lookout for handbills for immersion 2024. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Glory to God. Ma? Hello, dear. Oh, communion. Everybody has gone tomorrow. Hello, dear. Am I still being here?